Welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel, and uh, basketball season is over. So Berg and Cash are put a, put on the shelf here for a couple weeks as we uh, move on from the Bearcats' 30-win basketball season. And now, a little football action for you as the Cincinnati Bearcats get set for their spring game on Friday night at 7 o'clock. Festivities start at 5.30, fish fry, beer garden, all that good uh, stuff surrounding the event. Got a couple different angles we'll come at you from tonight. First, we're going to start off on the recruiting side of things with Shane Kenny, And we got a special guest that I'll get to in just a second. And when we're done with the recruiting side, then Dave Simone is going to join me. Dave has been at the Saturday practices throughout the spring. So Dave and I are going to give a little bit of preview for the spring game, what we're going to be looking for, what guys maybe uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, if you're just getting accustomed to this new team for 2000. And 17. But first, a very special guest on our recruiting episode here of the BCJ podcast. The most recent commitment for the Cincinnati Bearcats for 2018. We have had a more recent one for 2017. We'll get into that in a little bit. But we are joined by LaSalle tight end Josh Wiley, a four-star recruit, a local kid, second kid from LaSalle since Coach Luke Fickle has been hired. And Josh, welcome into the show. Great to have you on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. So um, I'll get the hard question out of the way first. <laughs> no pressure. Your team has won three straight state championships. And uh, your senior year, you got to match that and go for four, right? Absolutely. How, how has that ride <laughs> been for you guys? I mean, it's been unbelievable what LaSalle's been able to accomplish the last three years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, since I've been to LaSalle, like, all I've known is winning. I mean, we've been killing it in football, basketball, baseball, track, everything. Um, but obviously football is a big one. We've um, we've accomplished big things. I mean, obviously state uh, three times in a row. But this year was probably – sorry, my junior year was probably the most meaningful one. Just winning GCL outright means like, it's huge. Like, that. that's um, – um, when you go to South, it's, like, unheard of. Um so that was that was really special, and like everybody always says, um, like oh they can't do it again. They've been saying that for the past three years, but obviously we proved them wrong. You know that just takes um, guys stepping up, um, and I've been seeing it a lot in the weight room. Uh, I'm, I'm leading more as a, as an incoming senior, um, but that's really I mean it, that's all it takes, and that's what that's what happened when Jeremy left. That's what happened when like Jarrell and that's what happened. That's what happened. Is happening now, and like uh, Trey Shondrell left. So um, I'm excited to see where we can t- where we can take it. Um, but I definitely think we're going to do some big things this year. And that really had to be. I mean, everybody said when Jeremy left, you know, it was a good run. But there, you yeah. know, there's no way that they're going to be able to win three in a row. And and you guys stepped right back up, and and not only won three in a row, but like you said, won the GCL outright, which. When you think about, you know, the, the, the Division One state champion comes from the GCL, the Division Two champion comes from the GCL, um, it, it had to be a special accomplishment and, and really just push you guys in, uh, to even greater heights uh, in terms of expectations yeah. and what you guys want to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. It's And I think it starts with the coaching staff uh, mainly, and, and that's the past three years. I mean, I've this is going into my fourth year, and I've had three different head coaches. Um, so it's a little different. That doesn't happen a lot in high school, especially. Um, but out of 
all my years at LaSalle, every single coach has been the best. I mean, they've been pushing us um, the best we can be and stuff. Um, our strength coach is is arguably the best um, out there. So it's just it's good. That's where it comes from. Um, and, like, the energy, I think, has picked up um, an, incre- an incredible amount this year just coming from the juniors and seniors and stuff, which will, like, leak down to the sophomores and freshmen. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I'm excited, and we'll see where we can take this. Now, don't tell Coach Collins that your high school strength and conditioning coach was the best. You, you might, you might <laughs> yeah. pay for that. You might, yeah, you might I mean, pay for that big time when you get to campus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely be working me. Um, he, he, him and all the other strength coaches, uh, they got a little wild side to them. I've met them before, and they're just always jacked up. But I'm excited for sure. To get to the recruiting side of things, obviously um, a, you're, a, you're a big landmark commitment for, for Coach Fickle and, and the Cincinnati staff. And uh, I'll let Shane kind of handle some of this stuff. Uh, on the recruiting side, Shane? So, you know, Josh, obviously, you know, first of all, you know, obviously on the Bearcat Journal, we've covered every aspect of why you committed to Cincinnati, you know, what factors led to that decision, almost almost to the point where there's where there's no more need to talk about it. But something that we didn't really get much of a chance to touch on is, you know, what, what as an athlete, what will you be bringing to Cincinnati? So, you know, why don't you tell us, man, you know, is as an athlete, you know, as a kid who's played such high level of high school football, you know, what do you think you'll be bringing to Cincinnati that maybe they don't have or that you can add on to? Yeah, um, I mean, probably the biggest thing. So I was actually a wide receiver my freshman and sophomore year in high school. Um, so that's where I get, like, most of my um, route running and, like, catching abilities and stuff. And that's one thing I think um, me coming in is going to play – I'm going to play a huge role in the passing game. Um, that's, I mean, that's what I hope to do. And Fickle and Denbrock and Phillips have all told me that, I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to put me up against DN my freshman year. Just, I mean, I can't do it. It's just not going to be strong enough. Um, so they'll spread me out a little bit more. Um, and let me, let me stretch the field a little bit. Uh, and then once I, you know, like build, put on those, put on that weight and muscle and stuff, uh, they'll move me in a little bit more. And I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but Travis Kelsey, that's like, that's my goal. I mean, he could, he could do it all. He could block, he could run down the field and catch balls. I mean, that's just, that's what you need out of a tight end. Um, and coming from, coming from the GCL, it's, I mean, it's one of the toughest uh, leagues in the nation. So like we have got, like me and Basevich, no, we already have two guys from the GCL. Um, so just, it, I mean, it's just a different atmosphere in the GCL. Um, games are always sold out. Guys are scratching everything they can do to win. Um, but it, I feel it's just a different mentality. Um, guys just have that extra drive, um, like that will to win and stuff um, that we always talk about. So I think well, me coming in is just gonna, it's just gonna help, um, like. Mainly the energy of things. Uh, I'm not saying they don't have energy now, but uh, I'm going to be, especially uh, my freshman year, if I don't get too much time, uh, I'm going to be that that, uh, that hype man, they call it, that just gets the guys going and stuff. So, you know, uh, um, obviously, you know, 
when most prospects, you know, they when they announce early like you did, you know, they announce pretty early mm-hmm. in the recruiting process, you know, the main reason for that is, is to help recruit. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, there's also another part of that, and that's to build on your game. You know, the staff can be more connected with you now that you're committed and they mm-hmm. don't have to recruit you. They can have you do stuff in the weight room, you know, on the field throughout your senior season yeah. that they can have you work on. So when you get to Cincinnati, you're already ready and they don't have to, you know, do the stuff that they would have to if they were um, recruiting you currently. So, you know, has Cincinnati done that with you? Not yet, actually. Um, I think um, it's gonna that's going to happen more after my senior season. Uh, and it, it's, it's awesome. I mean, living 10 minutes away from UC, I can go down there and lift rather than uh, like Treshawn Smith, he has to he, he get he got a paper from Louisville um, and follows that sheet. Uh, but I can actually like Jarrell does it right now and Kyle Bolden. They actually go down and work with Coach Collins um, just like any other player. So that's that's going to be a huge role for me um, coming in. You know, I mean, I'm going to have months of training already under my belt, which is only going to help me maybe get more time um, and see the field my freshman year. So the big question we've kind of we've kind of danced around that we didn't want to get to right now was revolving around the spring game. You're obviously going to be one of those guys who's going to be there, who's one of the few kids locally that's that's committed to Cincinnati. But you mm-hmm. you mentioned yourself, you're the hype man. So at, you know the spring game, you're gonna you're gonna be recruiting, you're gonna be doing all this other stuff with all these other prospects and guys you know pretty well that are already there. So you know why don't you mm-hmm. give us you know a rundown of what your goals for the spring game? You know how are you going to get some of these guys, you know, to maybe commit or pull the trigger during the spring game. You know, since I expecting a huge list of prospects, so you know, what's mm-hmm. your plan? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is something I've been preparing preparing for um, since I committed. Like I've been talking to other recruits, um, but one thing I learned from the UC coaches um, actually is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rush any recruit into committing because I mean that's just not really the right thing to do. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to make them have a choice that affects the, the. I mean, the four to five years of their lives coming up. Um, so I'm gonna. I mean, I, I've told plenty of recruits. Uh, like I'm not gonna rush you, but once you're ready, like pull that trigger because we need guys on board. We need guys recruiting. And um, I know. I got. I'm not gonna say. I don't want to ruin anything. But I got. I think I got two to three guys committing sometime in the near future. I don't know when it's gonna be, but. Um, I mean, we're going to build this class. I mean, they're local, so we're going to build this class, and it's going to be something special. But, I mean, hey, kind of hit, hitting on your, like, um, question, though. Like, I'm going to, in the spring game, I mean, I'm just going to talk to the recruits and, I mean, let them know that, like, um, like this is home. Like, you, I mean, you don't have to go four or five, I mean, eight, ten hours away. It doesn't matter. You're... 30 minutes from home, whatever it is. Um, and, like, everybody you'd be playing with, you you basically already know. Because <laughs> like, um, we do plan on getting these local guys. Um, and, like, Coach Fickle and the staff, they are one of the best coaching staffs in the nation. I mean, um, not just coaching, too, but, like, also you can you can just sit down and have a conversation with any of them. And they'll listen to you. They'll talk to you. They don't try to rush you out of any uh, meetings or anything. It's just it's just a good coaching staff, good guys. Um, 
That's, that's what I think UC is all about. So, you know, this is a Cincinnati, you know, team, despite all the momentum they've had on the recruiting trail, that didn't have a great, you know, season. Last, you know, didn't have a great season um, in the 26, in the year of 2016. So with this spring game, I think a lot of people, including me and Chad, are, are going to, you know, look to see the differences between this team. So I know you're a guy who's watched Cincinnati all of his life. You know, what do you want to see when you're at the spring game in terms of, you know, on the field? Yeah, I mean, um, it's just I think it comes um, more from the work they put in in the offseason. I know I've talked to the coaches um, currently on UC staff that say the guys last year were just like <laughs> like they were starving for like that, um, you know, a drive, you know, like that the coaching staff didn't really have last year. Um, and Fickle and them, they've been giving it to them. They, I mean, they feed them all the time. They train them for their – like fullest potential, um, and I think all that is going to show in the game. I mean, I've, I've I've seen them practice, I've seen them scrimmage and stuff. I mean, they're they're competitive, so I I know that's going to um, come with like how they play in the game. It's it's just going to automatically um, carry on. So um, I just expect a little bit, um, definitely more energy from the guys. I went to the Houston game last year and. Um, I mean, it, it seemed kind of dead, I'm not going to lie. Um, but with the new coaching staff and, um, I mean, you can you can almost say new players um, just because of what Coach Stickle and the guys have built. Um, but I, I definitely expect just an overall, um, more, overall like more effort um, and the guys that don't want to lose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what I expect. Josh, uh, before we let you go, I'm curious about something that, that hasn't been talked about much. Um, obviously, your relationship with the staff has been talked about, and, and Coach Denbrock being a, a guy that's considered, considered a bit of a tight end guru and Coach Phillips and all that impact. But let's go back to December 10th and the day that Luke Fickle was hired. Did that instantly jump Cincinnati in your mind because he's a guy that's so respected in Ohio? Was it an instant thing, or was it wait to see and wait to talk to him and hear from him, or, or instantly when, when they announced him, was it like, okay, let's see where this thing goes because this guy's a yeah. big-time name in the state? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was – so, I mean, I've told my friends, coaches, that UC has always been where I wanted to go. And so I knew Tuberville only really recruited down south. That's where he was kind of from. Um and he didn't recruit the local guys like Fickle did. So I was hyped when I heard Fickle was getting the job, um, that he was recruiting the local guys. And honestly, like, I I had a good impression on him before I met him. Like, I thought, I, I heard he was a good guy. Um, seen, I've seen his past. He's only done good things. Um, but when I when I sat down with him, um, especially with my family, that, that just really changed um my impression on him because i mean he was just like any other guy he, he's not he doesn't i mean he doesn't want to be that the head coach of cincinnati that uh you see on billboards and stuff he's just any other guy um walking around campus like for example when they go out to eat in the calf um or the rec center or whatever it is he he'll sit with um like, i mean band band players that just could be someone walking to class um that has no relation to football at all. Like he's just, 
he wants to build like the community. I guess. I mean, um, just so like he, I, I, it's kind of hard to put in words, but um, basically what I'm trying to say is that when I met him, I knew that that's who I wanted to be coached by for the next four years. Um, he's just, he's just a great guy and obviously a better coach. So I'm excited. Um, and I have told people I'm ready. I'm ready to play these next or this next, my last year at LaSalle, but, um, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to jump in and join UC. Um, uh, so yeah, that's all I got. Uh, I think the word you're looking for is sincerity. Yeah. yeah, because that's, I mean, that's, I think everybody that's, that's come in contact with them, that's been the thing, like, you've been through the recruiting process as much, you know, you blew up, uh, but mm-hmm. when talking with him, you don't feel like he's feeding you a line of crap, you don't, you just feel exactly. like you're, you're talking to a guy, you're talking to yeah. a guy that you've known for a long time, and he's a good mm-hmm. guy to talk to, and it's easy to talk to, so you talk to him. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Uh, I'll give you a tip. I'll always run to practice. I got yelled at yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. Um, I, I think that was in the interview with you. Yeah, it was. He, yeah. He, he, I, I was. I was on my phone and walking towards practice, and they did. They did their um, their warm up periods inside yesterday because of the storm. So he mm-hmm. just happened to be coming out right as I was walking towards practice. He slaps me on the back, says, "Hey, we don't walk to practice." I'm like. Good. <laughs> You don't walk to practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Josh. Thanks, man. It's been good stuff. Really Mm -hmm. appreciate the insight into the recruiting process. And uh, see if you can can get a couple big fish to fry on uh, Friday. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Thanks for talking to me. No problem. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Have a good night. You too. That's Josh Wiley, tight end for LaSalle High School, committed to the University of Cincinnati. And a four-star get in Shane, just a, a great kid. You can tell in that interview um, he's going to be a big-time addition for this program. He's a guy that's got the locals excited. He's got the, the, the players in the area excited and thinking seriously about Cincinnati. And um, I, I don't think you could find a better kid to kind of get this 2018 class along with Blake Basevich. I don't think you could find a better kid than Josh Wiley to get this thing rolling. No, 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 he's – He's he's a whole package. He's a great athlete, great student, gets gets great grades, and I I think he's a perfect guy, you know, to lead the 2018 cycle early. I think you know he's a guy that you want to be the face of your program. So let's um let's get moving a little bit to uh, some of the other recruiting news that happened this week with um the Australian punter, the punter situation. Obviously, uh, James Smith was in town for an official visit over the weekend. And because it's a, he's a late addition, it's kind of a, you know, there's not a letter of intent process. It's, it's grant and aid papers and things like that. And uh, I think they kind of wanted to, they were hoping to keep it quiet until after the spring. But when Sam Geraci announced that he was uh, transferring, things kind of bubbled up rather quickly. So the news got out. He was here over the weekend. He is um, from the same facility pro kick canada or pro kick australia that produced cameron johnston that uh kicked for ohio state obviously that's where the luke fickle tie comes in and um i don't think it was as much a knock on on geracy as much as 
they're looking for a guy that that has all the different intangibles in the you know that can do all the different things as a punter. And unfortunately, with with Sam because of his knee, you know he's kind of one dimensional. He's really good at dropping punts inside the twenty. He's got good hang time. His mechanics are good, but he's not a guy that you can move around. He's not a guy that you can, you know, you, you can't hit every phase of the punting game with a guy that's limited because of a knee injury. And I think, you know, Fickle made it clear, and it, he said yesterday in the, the post-practice interview, it's something that, that he and Sam had been talking about, you know, throughout the spring and since Luke got the job. And uh, I guess, you know, ultimately both sides decided to part ways and, they had another guy in place and ready to go, and James Smith. And um, I don't know that you know it's necessarily going to be a you know all Australian or, or rugby style kicking. Uh, but and this kid is this is a big kid, man, six foot five, two hundred twenty pounds. He's played Australian rules football professionally, and you know he's he's been what the last. 14 or 16 months, Shane, he's been working at Pro Kick and working on becoming more of an American-style punter? Yeah, yeah. He didn't have much much control over his recruiting process. I don't want to say control, but it, most of his training has been exactly 14 to 16 months, no distractions um, of training. So, you know, he's a guy that's already used to the grind is what it's going to take in college. So the big thing about, I mean, and, and being at practice, usually – Typically, and, and this, I, this from the practices I was at, this goes back to um, Butch Jones, and and I don't remember Brian Kelly's as much because I wasn't around as much uh, on the football side back then. But you know, generally they'll have you know one or two periods of practice um, at the beginning of practice that's dedicated to special teams, and then at the end of practice they'll do field goal, you know, some pressure situations, uh, guys being forced to make kicks. Um, you know, with, with running on the line, things like that. But um, this staff, I mean, they're going, they do their, their two periods at the beginning of practice. There's one or two periods in the middle of practice. There's another period at the end of practice. They've got, you know, five or six of the position coaches are all coaching different aspects uh, during each special team segment. They are all in on this, and, 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 and Fick has said this several times, you know, they were 111th in the country in special teams last year. If they can be a top 15 team in special teams, that's two wins. I mean, that's that, it's a huge – and maybe it's not two games that you win, but it's two games that you don't lose because you missed field goals, because your punting was poor, because your coverage gave up a touchdown or gave up, you know, a long kickoff return that flipped the field. Um, they're definitely all in on special teams, and it doesn't surprise me to see them make a move like this if they think it's going to make the team better. Yeah, I mean, I, this is definitely, you know, a big recruiting thing for Luke Fickle. You definitely saw, you know, at Ohio State, they, they ran more of um, – they weren't as much of a drop back. And same thing with uh, Luke Fickle being in Ohio State for so many years. He's seen Michigan start to do it. You know, with Blake O'Neal, they, they've gotten these um, Australian punters, guys, who, you know, can fake it, can move around, can you can put more pressures, you know, on the other, on the other team's special teams units who have – which are going to have to – account for all, all 11 players on the, you know, on the field. But, you know, with a guy like they're adding, he's 6'5", you know, 220 pounds, and he's about as athletic as they come at the punter position. You know, he's a guy that 
he can do exactly what Sam does. He can put it within the 10-yard line, you know, and he can also put a lot of stress on the defense because this kid's an athletic, athletic runner. But not only, but he's he's built, you know, he's built for a punter, which is something that you don't really see much today. And, you know, the modern college football era, you don't see these, you know, built punters that, that can run you over. You know, I had someone mention on the um, board, could this kid play fullback? I, I mean, if he wasn't a punter, I, I think you could make that make that argument, you know. Tight so, end. Six, uh, six five uh, two twenty. He'd be a heck of a tight end. <laughs> but again, this is something that you know. It's just showing that you know this staff's going to go anywhere. You know, the kids uh, twenty two hours on a plane from Cincinnati, and they were able to find them and get the kid exactly the kid they want. So they're not going to settle. They're going to get the kid they want. They're going to get the prospect they want. So it's just it's just showing that you know Luke Fickle's done everything that he said he's going to. All right, before we wrap up on the recruiting side of things, obviously a big event on Friday night. They've definitely made it, you know, um, something worth attending. You know, there was some concern on the Good Friday thing. They, they added a fish fry. They added a beer garden. There's nothing more Cincinnati on a Friday in the spring than a fish fry and a beer garden. So if you're looking to attract the locals, that is exactly how you do it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of excitement around town, and I think that'll parlay itself into some of these kids coming to, to take a look at the program and, and take a look at the Bearcats and, and walk away with a, a lasting impression of what they see uh, both on and off the field from the environment on Friday night. Yeah, th- this will be a huge thing for Cincinnati. You know, this is one of those, you know, dates that, you know, I think recruiting analysts like us, you know, we pinpoint on a calendar and we say, they got to land some kids here. They got to make some moves with some kids here. You know, they, this is a date that's going to be huge in order for them to get to the, you know, point they want to be at when we go to early February. It's National Signing Day. You know, we're looking back at this cycle. So, I think the only other date you can compare this one to is uh, the second junior day they had, I believe, in February. Is um, another date you can look at as one that they got to, you know, it's got to be one that if they don't land a commitment, they got to make some moves. moves with um, some of their kids. Um, as, as for visitors, um, Hawkins is a huge one. Malik Van, they've already said they're coming. I'm, I'm expecting at least 10 more, you know, top targets for Cincinnati to be there. You know, you're going to have all the commits there and Ty Van Falls and Blake Bazevich, Josh Wilde to do most of the recruiting. So I think this will be another huge thing for Cincinnati. You know, um, obviously I've been told by a few sources that they are expecting to at least get two commit as of right now again no names will be released but this is something that you know I know they didn't get a commit back in their other huge date which was uh, junior day but I think this is one where I think it's almost a must to at least get one kid to commit just so you know all this you know all this attention you put on the spring game you know to bring the fans out to bring you know everybody out you can you're able to capitalize on it and I would say if I was going to keep an eye on one name, it would be a name that we put on the board yesterday in Colin Woodside, the six foot five, two 265-pound offensive lineman from Lancaster, Ohio, from Fairfield Union. Um, I think they feel like they're in a pretty good spot with him. He's visiting West Virginia, uh, as you reported, tomorrow, and then Cincinnati on Friday. Uh, I think if they, they can put a good impression on him, um, I think you know they, they've got a good chance with that one. I think there are some others that, that could, you know, it might happen Friday, it might happen a week, a week later, but sometime in the near future, I would, uh, I would trust Josh Wiley when he says he's got a couple more that, that he's, he's ready to, 
ready to get on board, but it might not be Friday. It might be a couple, you know, a week or two down the line. But I think there's some dominoes that are that are stacking up and and potentially getting ready to fall, whether it be Friday yeah, night yeah. or the near future. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing with this date is, yeah, there's obviously going to be those kids that we know that are expected to commit. But I think, you know, when you look at some of the top targets, this is going to be a huge date for getting back into the game with a guy like Hawkins. Um, he's, he's a guy that has looked like it's been Ohio State and Penn State and Cincinnati maybe at the third spot. And at once in his recruitment, I think you can make a legit case that, you know, the Bearcats were his number one or, or number two by, you know, there wasn't a large margin in between. But Cincinnati's lost some ground after, you know, he's visited Ohio State and Penn State multiple times. Um, this will be another, you know, time he'll be at Cincinnati. I think this is going to have to be a day if, you know, Cincinnati wants to even be in consideration with their number one overall target that they're going to have to roll off the red carpet for a guy like this. Um, so we'll just have to see. I think there's going to be a lot of – movement going on i think there's going to be a lot of different stuff we'll be able to report on the bearcat journal and you're going to have a busy saturday and sunday aren't you i think we might have a chance to break the record what's the record of articles we broke it you did seven in a day for junior day i think we'll break that i think there's gonna be more visitors and more to report on all right we'll hold you to it appreciate it shane that's good stuff on the recruiting side stay tuned as always to bearcat journal we will start uh putting out some names on Friday night as guys show up, hopefully have a full list Friday night or Saturday morning, and then Shane will be all over it from there for the rest of the weekend. So make sure you stay tuned to his recruiting coverage. Shane, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. No problem. And that was Shane Kenny and special guest Josh Wiley, the tight end from LaSalle, four-star commit for the Bearcats, who looks to be doing some work on Friday night, trying to get a couple more commitments into this 2018 class. But enough for the off the field stuff that's going to be going on Friday night. Let's take a look down on the field. Joined now by Dave Simone. Dave, my partner on the football side of Bearcat Journal. And um, Dave, you've had a chance to, you've been to three, right? Through all three Saturday practices, you have been in attendance? Yes. So, yes. One, uh, three different locations. Yes. Yes. Practice field, elder, and nipper. So, so you are well-versed in the Bearcats, uh, the scrimmage version of the Bearcats, because you've seen all three scrimmages uh, from the spring. So let's take a look <coughs> to what people are going to be uh, watching for on Friday night when they uh, head to Nippert Stadium for the spring game. And we'll start at quarterback. And Coach Fickle said uh, as recently as Tuesday – on a question that I asked him after practice, that Hayden Moore had a slight edge as the number one quarterback. I, I would agree with that at this point. I thought uh, the first two weeks or so, I thought Ross Trail was uh, maybe just slightly ahead. But I think you've seen Hayden Moore get a better grasp of Mike Denbrock's offense. You're starting to see them uh, push the ball down the field and go vertical a little bit more with Hayden Moore's arm strength as they uh, start to add more into it and, and, and diversify what they're trying to do. Um, but I think Hayden Moore, you know, over the past week and a half, two weeks, has had a really good spring so far. I would agree. I think from what I've seen, uh, he's definitely, I don't know if I want to say definitely, but he's he's been the one that I think has looked better now, you know, in these scrimmages. They're shifting players in and out a lot after the first, 
couple drives, so it's hard to tell. But you know, I I have to take it with somewhat of a grain of salt, just because I don't know how many times uh, Ross has gotten the chance to play behind the first team offensive line. Well, uh, I think there's I think there's a pretty big drop off in the two units right now, yeah. and especially this last scrimmage. Sometimes it was just like get the ball and duck because the defensive line was in there so fast. Yeah, and that's uh, some of that is due to just not a lot of depth on the offensive line for one, and and two that being magnified by you know Ryan Stout has been out with an illness. Um, you've had a couple other guys get dinged up here and there. Um, so you, you especially you know in the in the first and second team. So you're rotating guys in and out that aren't necessarily going to regularly be on those or on those first and second team offensive lines. And Al Washington is a, a, a genius, I think. <laughs> well, so, I mean, so, something's going on. They look that defensive line unit, and that's something that that everybody's going to be talking about. I think come Friday night, Saturday morning is the change in the amount of pressure generated, not only by when they blitz, but also just by the front four. Um, it's not consistently there throughout an entire practice, but they'll hit a couple spurts where it just feels like the quarterback has no chance once the ball is snapped. There's two guys in the backfield almost instantly. It's, it, it's fun to watch. Well, I think the part that more so even than the – what appears to be a higher emphasis of pressure and blitzing and the defensive line, you know, being productive from what I've seen is that it's kind of been everybody. Like all the the practices I've been to, it's not just Kamoni Fitz and Copeland and and like what you would consider the first team guys. I mean, I know the second team guys are doing it against second team guys, but they should, they're supposed to be evenly matched. And we've seen some second team guys get worked in against the first team or with the first team. But I mean, Brian Wright has had multiple sack days. Uh, Michael Pitts has had Pets. multiple sack days. Caleb Ashworth, Curtis Brooks at the scrimmage. Saturday almost intercepted a pass on a screen, and then the very next play he got a sack. Like it's kind, of, it's just kind of been everybody. Which I don't know if we really could have expected going into spring practice. I mean, I, I thought the defensive line had had some depth. I wasn't sure how you know good it might be, but so far it's it's looked very good. I would say them. And the wide receiver group, I think, has been, if you go from top to bottom, I think there's guys in both groups that have stood out uh, in the spring that, you know, makes me have some positive thoughts about where those groups might be come the fall. Well, and, and remember, the defensive line group is doing this without their best player. Oh, yeah. Cortez, exactly. Cortez Broughton yeah. had a foot injury early in camp, and he'll be, you know, hopefully everything heals properly and he's back by the start of camp. But they're doing this with, with basically a freshman in his spot, not basically, with a freshman in his spot and Marcus Brown, um, who has been 
really good at, at taking up space and, and allowing, you know, eating blocks and allowing other guys to make plays. He's not, he's not um, broughten in terms of his ability to get deep into the backfield and make sacks. But I think he's been really good at, at occupying at the line and, and just being a guy that's a gigantic human being and, and has to be factored into the equation. And um, I, I've been impressed with, you know, with him stepping into that role I don't think you've really looked at that spot and thought it, it, you know, it, it went from a strength to a weakness by adding a guy that didn't come in until July, late June, early July last year, and was a late addition and kind of a guy that had, you know, went to prep school and kind of disappeared off the radar. And, you know, he's in line to be that number two guy right behind Cortez Broughton. So um, I definitely agree defensive line is, is an area of strength. Wide receiver is interesting to me because – I think they are they are strong with Devin Gray and with um, Khalil Lewis, but outside of that, they've got a lot of guys that got to prove it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, from what I've seen, it seems like Thomas Geddes might be separating himself into joining that starting group, but Marcel Paul has been, you know, a bit of a surprise um, in his ability to to compete with that top group of guys and. They've had him in there, you know, him and Geddes kind of rotate in that top, that, you know, that third, the second outside wide receiver spot, basically, the, you know, the number two wide receiver um, with Lewis as the number three guy in the slot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. You, Malik Mudge has shown some flashes. I really like what I see in the slot from Rashad Medeiros. Um, Tyron Summers has made some plays. So there's still a lot of inexperience with that group. Because they brought, what, five freshmen in last year, uh, we haven't seen Jerron Rollins because of a leg injury. Um, he, he almost got back. He, he came back. He, he was in the yellow jersey for a day. They put him in the black jersey, and he, in, he re-injured himself within, like, 12 minutes. So we haven't, we haven't had the chance <laughs> yeah. to see much of him this spring, but he's another guy that brings a lot of talent to that group. The talent is there. It's just going to be a matter of getting those guys to put results on the field. Um, you know, and that's that's going to start on Friday night to start seeing who steps up when the lights are on. Right. I, I there's definitely you know a lot of experience, but you know I think there's guys that are you know they've they've at least flashed, and you can tell. At least I can tell, and you've been there every day, but I can tell from you know, three weeks ago that they're just incrementally getting more comfortable, incrementally gaining confidence of the coaching staff and of the quarterbacks. And seems every practice, you know, one of those guys that's kind of fighting for that, you know, because you're probably going to play, you know, six, seven, eight guys. And every practice it's like one of those you know four five six seven guys in that role it makes a big play or has you know a couple couple real nice plays not that necessarily back to back but you know maybe in the same drive like Marcel Paul to me every practice has made a big play that I've been at um this last Saturday Medeiros made you know was targeted several times and made some nice catches Nice plays. So had a outstanding touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone. 
So, I mean, I just looked at that group as we didn't really know what they had outside of the guys who, you know, either played a lot or played a little last year. And I, I think the position group as a whole has shown that, you know, there's going to be some talent there, you know, maybe more than we had thought going into the season. Yeah, and, I, and I'll add the tight ends to that because they have been, and obviously not a surprise with Mike Denbrock running the offense with his affinity for developing NFL-quality tight ends. The tight ends have been a major part of what they've been doing offensively. Um, Tyler Cogswell, um, Josiah DeGara, and of late we're starting to see a lot more from, um, from Bruno Labelli, who had two really nice catches down the sideline in practice on Tuesday. So, you know, you're looking at a situation where they're running a lot more intermediate stuff. I don't think we saw much of that stuff in the previous offense. Um, sometimes I'm not sure what we were watching last year in the previous offense, but um, I digress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're seeing, especially, you know, second and short or third and, third and medium, they're really looking for the tight end, and that's, you know, not, like I said, not to be a surprise because Mike Denbrock is the guy at the helm. Um, yeah, I... Go ahead. You don't have anything no, on tight end? Are you, are you getting tired? You no. sound like you're getting sleepy over there. Is it almost your bedtime? Uh, 15 minutes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you, you, you hit it with the tight ends. There's, I mean, they're just being used... It appears so far more uh, definitely when they go red zone work specifically uh, you see a lot a lot more um, plays developed for those guys so hopefully that you know the middle of the field is actually attacked and <laughs> you know you can do then do some stuff on the perimeter because of that. Yeah, I mean, you, we've seen a lot of a lot of the guys in the slot going over the middle on crossing routes and drag routes for the tight ends and things of that nature, um, where it's, you know, when you've got a defense that's being aggressive, like this defense has been, you know, throughout the spring, uh, the offense is finding some ways to, to pick them apart a little bit um, and move the ball, which, you know, that was a concern probably week two, week three, when the defense really started to take over, and it was good to see the offense was able to, to come up with some answers and come up with some ways to move the football and, and keep the defense kind of off balance at times. So um, that's been a good sight in the uh, progression of things so far. Obviously, uh, running back has been a uh, tale of the walking wounded so far this spring. Um, it sounds like Jared Dokes will be back for the spring game. Uh, Mike Boone has been – out there, um, Coach Fickle has been very careful with him. They'll give he, him. He should watch the spring game from the press box. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I don't really. I'm not really joking. Like I know it's funny and yeah, haha. Like yeah, seriously. Like the offense is 180 degrees or whatever degree you want to put on it different when he is on the field. Yeah, they'll give you that. I mean, I mean, I, unless he, unless they run it up the middle with him on short yardage, I don't think I've seen him not gain like five yards every time he carries. And most of the time, it's like thirteen to fifteen yards. Yeah, he's he's definitely, and they've had they've kept the the harness on him. He's been limited, 
They haven't let him just run wild, but um, they, they've they've kept a pitch count on him, as you as they would say in the baseball world. I know Dave's a big baseball guy. So Huge. Got a big baseball reference in there. Um, My guy Cespedes <laughs> hit three home runs last night. Congratulations! I'm That's sure right. you're very. I'm sure you're very proud. I am. <laughs> um, but Jared Dokes should be back. Um, I think Banshaw is out for the spring. Um, I doubt we see um, Taylor Boos. He's been dealing with a foot injury. Um, get a lot. Get you get used to seeing a lot of Hunter Gillespie. We've seen him a lot this spring. Yeah, it's basically um, been Boone Gillespie and Jalen Green. That's it. And Holloman a little bit. Very, yeah, um, but very much. very rarely, I think. Is it? I think he's gonna just fit into kind of like a special teams type role. I mean, his speed is phenomenal, but I don't, I don't know how he really cracks the rotation at running back. Yeah, if I had to guess, a healthy Dokes, I would guess would be my number two back. Um, but you know, there's obviously if you get Bashbrock back healthy for whatever period of time that, that you can keep him healthy, um, he'll be in that, you know, mix, uh, in that mix as well. Um, the, the back seven defensively, I, I, I really like what they've got with their first unit at linebacker. Um, Jalen Miner and Perry Young, I think, have both been really good this spring. Jalen Miner um, needs to – I imagine he's bought Marcus Brown several dinners this spring because <laughs> he is in the backfield – all the time, and I would guess a lot of it has contributed to no one being able to block him because the defensive line is doing their job. I mean, he's had sacks, he's had tackles for losses. I mean, dude has been he's been a player this spring. There's been several times where they've tried to to run that little delayed screen to Mike Boone, and as soon as the ball gets there, Jalen's there waiting on Mike Boone. Like I, I just let that one go. You don't, you don't want any part of catching that football. <laughs> no. And um, that's – he's been one of my MVPs of the spring uh, with his play in the middle. Uh, Perry Young, there's two to three times every practice where he hits somebody and everybody on the sideline just goes, ooh. Well, I don't um, think – I don't think there's been anybody that I've seen on defense that's even really been remotely as good as miner has been. I mean, guys no, – I agree. Guy's a flash, but I mean, every three, three scrimmages I've been at, he's had sacks or multiple sacks in everyone, tackles for loss in everyone. I mean, obviously the other tackles on run plays and things like I don't, I'm not sure anybody can even come close to that. Say they've had a spring like he's had. I think I would agree defensively that he's definitely. Uh, I, I would say early it was Lyndon Stevens. Um, he had a stretch of interceptions in five of seven practices, a couple days with multiple. Um, but, you know, they've, they've stopped picking on him as much. Um, <laughs> so he hasn't, uh, he hasn't been able to match that throughout the spring. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely say defensively minor has been the, uh, the guy that has caught my eye the most. Um, but that's not, I mean, I, I think the corners and the safeties have had a really good spring as well. I think, you know, Carter Jacobs has made some plays over the middle. Um, I've been very impressed with Malik Clements, especially once they moved Tyrell Gilbert to that, that strong side linebacker spot that, you know, that kind of hybrid spot. Um, I think Malik Clements has been fantastic taking over 
and kind of getting comfortable and being the number one guy because, you know, for the first five or six practices before Gilbert was moved, it was like every other practice they were they were kind of rotating with that that number one unit. And I think he's really settled in next to Carter Jacobs as the starting safety opposite him and, and really played well. Um, <coughs> I think at corner they've been very good, Alex Thomas and Lyndon Stevens, and then with uh, David Pierce and, and Grant Coleman kind of being the two guys behind them. Um, when they go to the nickel package, one of those two guys will come in. Uh, and if not, those are the two backups. I think, you know, I think you have to be pleased with what you've seen from the secondary as well this spring. I agree. I'm glad that Grant Coleman is playing the slot corner now. I think that's a much better position for him and allows A.T. and Lyndon to be the guys on the outside. And I think when I think what might be their go-to defense, considering the teams that they'll play and how many teams in the AAC run, you know, whatever you want to call it, spread-type offense, I think we're going to see a lot of the – what I what I call like a three safety look, I think there'll be a lot of Gilbert, Perry Young, and Minor on the field at the same time. And see, you they know, haven't with, practiced that at all yet. We have not seen that look. Gilbert has been backing up Perry Young. Yeah, when I think when they play the teams that run that, you know, what Tulsa runs or what SMU runs. I think it's a great matchup to put him in there against either, you know, like the running back or the slot guy or however they do it. Because I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if they have the depth yet to just, you know, put four corners out there or three corners and the two safeties. Like, I think, I, don't, I mean, I hope I see that because I think that fits. Gilbert's game really well. I think he can be physical with guys at the line, but he's still good in coverage. And, you know, I, I would imagine it's something we might see. It might be something we could even ask about. But, um, yes, yeah, so I don't think we have seen it yet. He's been strictly like the, the second team uh, weak side linebacker. Strong side. Or strong side. Uh, well, I mean, the, the the interesting part with that would be could Perry Young handle moving over to the weak side um, because he's a smaller guy, you know what I mean? Right. So, but, I mean, the question would be how would he get off blocks on that side because he's playing more in space now and playing downhill where there, you know, at the weak side spot he'd be in a little bit more traffic and and, you know, does his size impact him in that situation, so... Yeah, that could be definitely something you could see them t- uh, toy with in the fall um, after they get everything on tape and start talking about what their best options are. Uh, but I think Taekwon Statham has looked good in that starting weak side linebacker spot, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many variations on that we see because I, I, I've got the feeling Perry Young and, and Jalen Miner are going to be on the field a large majority of the time the defense is out there. So um, and they're going to have to be because – Depth-wise, there's you know they're they're going to get some help um, when the recruiting class comes in, but it's a it's a thin position at the moment. Yeah. So probably their most thin position on the roster. 
I would say. But I don't know. You got anything else? Any any guys you're going to be uh, particularly any guys fans should keep an eye out for? Um, I mean, obviously everyone's going to watch the quarterbacks, and I'm I'm interested. In that. And that's not usually something that I pay a ton of attention to, but I will be watching a little bit just because we know that the lines are going to be more split up than we've seen in practice because of having this draft and the seniors being split up and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I think I'll be watching the defensive line, of course, because they have, you know, been the attention getters, uh, in my opinion, all spring. And I just want to see, because when we go to these scrimmages, there's, a lot of it is situational and yeah. you know, if this is going to be treated as a real game, I'm going to be, I want to watch just kind of the flow of how the offense is called and how the defense is called, you know, just formations defensively pressures and blitzes offensively. Or do I notice any, you know, tendencies? Are they running a lot of tight end? Do they run any two tight end? Do they, is it four wide and one back split out? I mean, just things like that that you don't really see a lot of in the scrimmages because it's like, okay, we start on our own two for this segment or we start on the 25 and we get one first down and then we start over. So just things like that that, you know, you see in, a, in an actual game setting that you don't really see in scrimmage because they're working on specific elements. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting night. I think uh, they, they hit a home run with the decision to uh, have the fish fry and beer garden, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Dave. There is nothing more Cincinnati than a good Friday fish fry and beer garden. It's the most Cincinnati thing ever. Well, I'm looking forward to the beer part of it. I don't know how much <laughs> fish I'll eat, but if... Uh, you don't strike me as a good Catholic boy. No, no not exactly, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, for for all those fans listening, just you know, make sure we're going to be parked in 107. I think that's around the 35, 40 yard line on the uh, home side of the field, the lower section of that. And we'll uh, we'll be out and about. Hopefully, there's plenty of Bearcat Journal fans that uh, come down and we just kind of yeah, grab a beer, watch the game, and. And uh, see what the Bearcats uh, have picked up in the last 15 practices. Absolutely, and uh, you'll notice right away the energy level is different. The, uh, the the my favorite saying of the spring so far is I won't say who, but someone said uh, the country club days are over. And, yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, a little rowdier, so to, so to speak. <laughs> Nothing um, more fun than than Perry Young trying to pick a fight with Big Country. No, no, it's uh, it's it's roundier, but it's not like it's not it's, out of control by any. It's story. not out of control, and it's intense, but it's not like I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe like what I've seen from Coach Fickle, and it's just like he's involved, but he's not overly involved, I guess, is one way of putting it. Like, he floats from group to group, because I think he probably looks at it as, like, it's my first time as a head coach, and 
I'm a linebacker at heart, so I'm probably going to accidentally, you know, subconsciously just gravitate to the defense and to the linebackers. So I need to make sure that I'm working with all the positions and and everything. But, I mean, the coaches are – there's definitely a lot of teaching and coaching going on, but it, there's no – you know, it's not, you know, as you said, the country club mentality, but there's also no fist-ups and – megaphones and chest bumps and things like that either. There's no fourth quarter celebrations. No. So it's, Rehearsed. It's, uh, practiced. I imagine it's very much what Ohio State's practices look like, and I have no problem trying to emulate Ohio State because they win a lot of games. On that front, I will concur. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, I would say if there's one player, for me, my favorite guy to watch is Perry Young. I, uh, he's, I, I'm, I'm biased. He's he's going to be like the dude, I don't know if you saw it, Mississippi State spring game. They can't. They ended it early because one of their dudes just crushed one of their other guys with like an illegal yeah. hit. I saw <laughs> I the could, video of it. I could totally see Perry doing that, not maliciously, but just because that's the type of player that he is. Right, just blowing somebody up, and they're like, all right, that's enough. We got yeah, enough. We've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in August. <laughs> all right, Dave, maybe we'll get back together next week and recap it, give our thoughts on uh, what we saw in the spring game. But I uh, appreciate you stopping on. Thanks to Shane Kinney, and especially thanks to Josh Wiley, the Bearcats' four-star commitment at tight end, who will be uh, doing a lot of work on Friday night as he tries to get some guys to join him in that 2018 recruiting class. That's going to wrap it up. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com.